Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We're in September already. Next month is going to be October, and I get to celebrate. Come on, somebody, celebrate with me today. I get to celebrate my 12-year wedding anniversary. I did it, right? 12 years being married. I'm still not doing a marriage small group, all right? Like, maybe. I'm getting there, right? It's like 12 years. I know everything. No, but it's been a wonderful 12 years. And I was remembering back to when Pastor Lindsay proposed to me, and we went, I'm kidding, and we went to a, um, we had a, we were looking for a place to live. And so as we're getting married, I, have, I had an apartment up in Centennial Hills area of Las Vegas. She lived uh, in the east side. Come on, somebody, where my east sider's at, right? I like a stab and twist, right? Step. And so we're looking, for, we're looking for a house to rent. And so we couldn't buy anything. And so as we, we found a house, we went to many different homes. I got to tell you, it's terrifying some of these houses that people want you to rent. You walk in and go, ah! right, you just walk out. Like, no, nobody should live there. It should tear it down. And so we found a wonderful home. We walked in. I said, this is it. I just, I knew this was our house to rent. And so after uh, our honeymoon, my wife moved in, and we made that home ours. We were youth pastors at that time. She was an associate pastor. And so we had kids over, our students over. We had friends and family over. We played game night. Come on, right? We had, our Mark and Ambrose were doing a game night small group. And so... We had uh, small groups in our home, and one particular friend came over one night for dinner, and she brought her boyfriend with her, with her, and so when they came to our house, we gave a quick tour, and how many know when you're married, your house tour is like this, come on in, welcome, there's a dining room, living room, bedroom, that's all we got, all right, quick tour ever, and so we gave him a quick tour of our home, and, uh, and so after the tour, he kind of interrupted me, the boyfriend, his name was Chaz, and he interrupted me, and he said, man, I really like your house. I was like, thank you, man. Thank you so much. He goes, I, I like the vibe here. And I was like, okay, yeah. He goes, it's a peaceful vibe, bro. And I was like, well, that's the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's go on into the into dinner. And he was like, the Holy Spirit? I was like, I'll tell you about that later, all right? As we begin to know life, you're going to know about the Holy Spirit, right? And I love that, but I want to ask you this question today. What's the vibe in your home? What's the vibe in your home? What's the vibe in your marriage or your relationship? What is the vibe of your heart? See, we're in a new series called Family Vibes. We're going to talk about everything and everything. But here's what vibe means according to Webster's Dictionary. Vibe is a person's emotional state or the atmosphere. Now, that can preach right there, right? A vibe is someone's emotional state. What's your vibe today? Am I broken? Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? What's your vibe? But also what's the vibe or the atmosphere of a place as communicated to and felt by others? So what's the vibe of your home like? What's the vibe of your marriage? What's the vibe of who you are? I got to tell you, church, a lot of people are giving out bad vibes. And I've, I've heard the term positive vibes. Let me raise your hand if you heard that before. And uh, it's a great term. I've addressed this before in a sermon series. I have some family in my life that don't go to church. They're very much still part of our family. We love them. Um, but anytime we're in a group family text that you can't get out of, right? Like pray for my dog. My dog's sick. You're like, brrr, you're like stop. And so uh, we'll say we're praying for you. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. And then my family member will say, sending positive vibes. And every time she does that, I'm not judging, all right? I'm not judging, all right? Calm down. That's not my vibe. And so every time she says positive vibes, I think of Care Bears, right? The Care Bears stare, right? Sending positive vibes. Care Bears, right? 
Care Bear. How many know I don't need your positive vibes? I need your prayers. I need transformation. I need the power of God to move mountains in my life. But what's your vibe? What's the vibe in your home? What do people say you are? And so there's a vibe anywhere we go. But here at Avenue Church, I want to tell you, there's a vibe here that I really, really like. It's life-giving. Can I get an amen, right? It's motivating. It's inspiring. It's a place that you'll be equipped for your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday. I love the vibe at Avenue Church. And so today I want to talk about family vibe. Almost like if our church, we had a fridge up here, which I would love. Come on, somebody help myself out. And so I would put a magnet up here and on a piece of paper that would say the vibe of our church. So during the series, we're going to talk about our vibe. Now listen to me. Vibes is not vision or values. Our vision is for people to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, to make a difference. Our values to love God, love people, pursue excellence, and choose joy. But your vibe is the culture of your church. What's the culture of your home? What's the culture in your relationships? And I got to hear you, church. Culture eats vision for breakfast. You can say one thing and say, this is the vision of our church. But culture has to enhance that vision. It has to help that vision. It has to fulfill that vision. So what's your vibe? Do you have a negative vibe? It gets real quiet in the series. I don't know why. I'm trying to figure that out, right? You have a negative vibe? Do you have a condescending vibe? You got like an Eeyore vibe? Like, how you doing today? I'm fine. That doesn't look like you're fine. That, what kind of vibe do you have? Do you have a messy vibe? How many know what I'm talking about, right? When you go to somebody's house, you're like, normally we pick up for guests. I'm not a guest. What? What kind of vibe do you have? I don't know if you've ever been to someone's house uh, for dinner or for lunch, and right before, and I know there's nobody here because y'all are perfect, right? But right before you get there, they have an argument or a fight you don't know about. And so when you walk in, you're like, praise God. How are you guys doing? Like, we're fine. Oh, there's a weird vibe here. Something is strange, right? And you're like, how's your day today? You talk too much. Okay, I'm just going to eat in silence. I think we're going to go. Is that all right? Can we have a two-go cup? You know what I mean? Like, what's the vibe? And here's the thing, you can't hide vibe. You can't hide vibe because vibe is what you're communicating or what you're displaying. And so there's going to be lots of different topics or vibes we're talking about in this series. Vibe of our church, but also this is something that you can take home. You say, you know what, the vibe of Avenue Church is this, therefore in our house, I want it to be this. Our vibe is whatever we communicate. I want you to hear me out. At our home, I always tell my son, Levi, Levi, we're Bosmas, all right? We're Bosmas. Therefore, we're always positive because that's what Bosmas do. We never quit or give up. We always finish things. Why? Because we're Bosmas. You know what? We pray and do our devotions together. You know why? Because we're Bosmas. How many know there's a vibe in our household because vibe is culture and culture is language? So you have to speak your Vibe. So we're always going to talk about a Bible story during the series. We're going to talk about a topic or a vibe, and I'm going to teach you how do we address or how do we inherit that vibe. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And if, you have, uh, if you've never had a Bible before, I would love to have the honor of giving you a free Bible today. Even last week, someone was like, hey, pastor. And I was like, yeah, what's up? Like, yeah, can I have that free Bible? Yes, you can have that free Bible. Come on, it's okay. Also, um, so get in your Bibles to... Uh, uh, bub, 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 stuttering, what's up, uh, too. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. If you have an Android or a Samsung, don't even worry about it. Just watch on the screens. Otherwise, you're going to be so frustrated. And so that's why we have small group signups in the hallway as well. 
Okay. And so Ephesians chapter 4, this is what it says. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another. How I many you know I could preach this? This is an entirely separate series for us to be humble and gentle. Be patient for one another. Making allowance. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. I mean, no, I want, to be a, I want to be a part of a family like that. Amen? A family that says, you know what? I will always give you the benefit of the doubt because I love you. But here's what I want to address today in verse 3. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit. Now, I want you to look at those words on the screen. Make every effort to be united. You know what that means? Unity takes work. Unity is hard. Unity is difficult. If it was easy, I think we would all be united. We would all get along. We would all have the same vision. But unity takes work. It says make every effort, every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. You know when you're united, there's peace. I want to be real with you today. I know you think your pastor's perfect. Come on, somebody. It's the skinny jeans. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's the shoes, right? My life is as clean as my shoes. Come on. But there are days when my wife and I, when we don't agree, or we have division, division, and there's time, some areas in our life, it happens once every 10 years, okay? And if we don't agree on something, or we're upset with each other, or we have one of those uh, high-intensity conversations where we raise our voice, I think it's called an argument or a fight, and so we'll have those areas in my life, and you know what happens? I don't have any peace. I don't enjoy being in an argument or a disagreement or having division from my wife. Therefore, we are no longer united. We're no longer binded together. Put that scripture back up. We're no longer bound together by peace. But how many know when we're together, when we're united as one, we have peace that surpasses all understanding. When we're united together, we can get through any storm together. When we're united together, whatever trials or tribulations come our way, I know I can get through it because we are together. We are better together through Jesus Christ. So there's peace. Some of you are like, I need peace in my marriage. You got to get united. You got to get together. Make every effort. It's work. I wish unity happened by accident, right? Oh, you're a Bears fan? I'm a Bears fan. Praise God, right? But it says this, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, and that is Jesus Christ. I got to tell you, unity is the family vibe of Avenue Church. We are better together. We're launching small groups today. We worship together with one purpose, with one mind. We are better together. It's not a vision or a value. It is who we are. We are united together for a common purpose, and that is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? I want you to write this down. The devil, the devil's not afraid of a big church. He's afraid of a united church. That's a good place to say, come on, pastor. The devil's not afraid of a big church. He's afraid of the united church. He, doesn't care. He, he says, go ahead and get as big as you want as long as you're not making a difference. Go ahead and get as big as you want as long as there's division among you and quarreling and fighting and bickering or title-driven or this is my ministry and your ministry. How many know the local church, we have one vision for people to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, to make a difference. But the problem is when we break away from that vision and we say this is what God wants us to do, we create division. 
There's division that begins to take place. So the title of my sermon today, if you're writing down notes, or you can tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor the title of my sermon, The Power of One. The Power of One. Now, I want to be real with you today. I'm speaking on a sermon about unity, and I feel kind of like a hypocrite. I'm going to be real transparent in my own home, in my own life. There's just, we're not united in one particular area. And I think it's a big deal. It's a big, big, big deal. Don't laugh, Rach. All right? <laughs> Pouring my heart out here. But I'll tell you why. Because I grew up in the Midwest, and I love the Chicago Bears. I know you don't know that. But I love the Chicago Bears. And so when I, uh, you know, when I got married, I should have done a background check on my wife. How many know? Before I said I do, I didn't check anything out. Yeah, I should have checked out where her family was from. I should have checked out where she was from. So here's my Bears blanket. I'm trying to hide some stuff on here. Here's my Bears blanket. I love the Chicago Bears. And so uh, I met her dad. Her dad's from Wisconsin. He was like wearing a cheese head and a, and a Bears jersey. And I said, God, forgive you for you have sinned. Go and sin no more. Right? Uh, just all these different things. And so when we had my son, Levi, I got him a Bears bib. Mm, right? Don't rob that from me. I had a Bears bib, a Chicago Bears onesie. Uh, even Todd came to the hospital in a Packers shirt. And when Levi was sick, and he was holding baby Levi. He was like about a week old. And baby Levi peed through his diaper and onto his uh, Packers shirt. I said, you don't need to clean it up. It matches. Come on, somebody. Green and yellow. Green and yellow. Go, Pat, go. But how many know, how many know that you'll, you'll become one, but you decide which one? You become one, but you decide which one. And so we watched the Bears together, and then he would go to his grandfather's house because he had to, you know what I mean? Like, I all got a choice, family, right? And so he'd go to Todd's house, watch the Bears-Packers game, never watch the Bears win. I don't know what that's all about. You know how I know if the Bears is God's team? It's because the Bible says the developing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance helps you develop character. We never win because we go through trials and tribulations. We're God's team. Come on, church. I'm preaching to somebody today. Somebody was wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey, and I said, that's the rating of your team. One star. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good today, huh? Oh, now you're loud. Oh, now you're talking. And so, you know, Levi and I were Bears fans. He's like, Dicka. I'm like, say, Daddy, Dicka. No, I'm kidding. All right. And so we're trying to, you know, we're watching Bears. All of a sudden, one day, Levi comes home and says, Dad, I love the Bears, but they, they never win. And so, Dad, I want to be a Packer fan. And so uh, I'm going to burn this blanket afterwards. You know what I mean? This, is, keeps, this side keeps you warm. This side cleans up duck poop. Okay. And so, <laughs> but how many know, I want you to tell you this. Sometimes we're like that when it comes to unity, right? You know, you really can cheer for two teams. I don't want to, but you really can cheer for two teams. And there's so many of us that we'll talk bad about some place that we've been just so that we feel like we're committed where we're at. How many know we could cheer for other churches? We could cheer for other ministries. We could cheer for other people because we're all going to the same place. And that is the kingdom of heaven that we're not going to compete. We're going to complete one another. So I'm here to encourage you today. Can we be united together for a common purpose? 
There is peace in unity. There is power in unity. But you're either united or you're divided. I don't see any other choice. So you always become one, but you decide which one. And there's a, you know what I love about Avenue Church? We have a crystal clear vision, which means we're unstoppable. We're unstoppable. What God is doing in just two and a half years is incredible. And how many know the best is yet to come? There are more souls, there are more people that need Jesus Christ. But I want to encourage you today, I want you to write this down, that you will always become one, but you decide which one. So raise your hand real quick if you're married. Raise your hand, married people. Look at that. I love that, right? Come on. This, if you're single, raise your hand if you're single. Okay, you're not happy either. Okay, that's okay. Let's try that again. Man, I'm going to help you out. All right. Hey, raise your hand if you're married. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was nice. I always love that. Raise your hand if you're married. Uh, single people. Raise your hand if you're single. Woo, keep your hand up. Look around. Look around. This is what you got to work with. Look around. We got a small group right here. We got a small group. Come on, somebody. Single, ready to mingle for Jesus, of course. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. All right. And so I want to talk to married people real quick. Here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. If you're new here, this is about as good as it gets. All right. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, for this reason, a man leaves his father and his mother. If you're married, you might need to hear that again. For this reason, you leave your mommy and your daddy, and you're joined together. You're united with your wife. Somebody said amen right there, huh? And you're joined together with your wife for two become, say it, to become one. To become one. But hear me out. I've seen this not in just marriage, but I've seen this in relationships. I've seen this in friendships. I've seen this in culture. I've seen this in churches and clubs and all these different groups and cliques that I have seen a majority of people, as they begin to expose themselves to one another, they eventually look like each other. So two become one, but you decide which one. You see, the Bible says you're either united or you're divided. So a strong marriage is united, but a divided marriage leads to divorce. Oh, a strong relationship is so unique nowadays, right? <gasps> Hashtag relationship goals, right? But a weak or tough relationship is called a breakup. There's so many times we're teaching ourselves how to have a divorce because we get too much in a dating relationship. So we got to be united. We got to be united. Now, I've done a lot of weddings. I love doing weddings. If you're Good to propose, or you're good, good to, you're good to get married, you're looking for a pastor. Hey, right here. I love weddings. I love officiating weddings. I love going through premarital. I love doing all of that. And then I'll, I'll, I've done 50 or 60 weddings. And, and in, the, in the wedding ceremony, we do what's called a unity sometimes. So it might be sand where there's pink and blue sand, and sand is joined into one, and that symbolizes that, that no one can separate the two colors because when we get married, we are now united. I had sand. It was a little windy at my wedding 12 years ago, and I spilled it all over the place. I was like, babe, this is not symbolic of anything. I'm faithful, all right? I'm faithful. And so we put it all in. Uh, sometimes we do candles, and I love candles. When we had a wedding. Uh, where you at? I know you're in here, right? We had a wedding, and it was windy, so all the best men and the grooms got around the candles so they could light the candles. And what happens in a candle unity ceremony, you take two candles, and in the middle represents marriage. 
So you take his candle and her candle, and when you put it together, the flames become one. But I mean, you know, that's not real life, because real life, we go, we become one, but you still stay lit. But in a, in a unity ceremony, we go, right? No mas. <laughs> no more. But that's not real life. What happens is when two become one, we're still unique individuals, but we're united together. We don't morph and become one. Eventually we do. It becomes a journey. But what happens is you have your unique preferences, vision, and values, and now you're putting them together. That's why the Bible says don't be unequal because then you're going to be divided. I'm preaching good today, huh? Family values. But here's the problem is so many times when we put them together, we lose our identity. And God says, no, I created you uniquely, on purpose, for a purpose. But when you come together, you have to make sure you're united. And what happens is so many times we know the history. We know their background check. We know they're from Wisconsin. And we thought we could be missionaries and say, come to the good side, right? I will help you out. But so many times we say they don't go to church or they don't value the things of God or they don't read their word or pray. But you know what? Before I say I do, I'm going to give them the lust instead of vision. They look good. They smell good. I'm going to marry them. But now we have nothing in common. We have no vision for our lives. And when you have two visions, you have what we call division. There's division. I'm going to encourage you. That could work for a while. Maybe sometimes you go to church on Sundays. Maybe sometimes you'll pray at dinner. Maybe sometimes you'll read your word. Maybe sometimes you'll go see a Christian movie. All right, we're good for a month, right? Sometimes we'll do things together, but there becomes such division that begins to occur. And what happens when you don't have vision for your relationship and say, okay, what's our vision and our values, but also what's our vibe of our marriage? What's the vibe of my relationship? If you're single here or dating, I'm encouraging you, write down your vision and your values, and they got to line up to those visions and those values which are according to God's Word. So what happens is we say, you know what, my spouse or my husband or my wife, they don't value church or the things of God. And, and, and so after we get married, it's fine for a while. We're making it work. Maybe I go and they don't. Or maybe they come once in a while. And, and we're doing life this with, with division in the religious area. And that can work for a while. Trust me. My wife and I, we've been married 12 years. My son's seven, so he came a little bit later. We didn't have any arguments until a kid came along. Because I had my own vision for raising a child, and she had her own vision for raising a child. We, we talked about everything except how to raise our kids. And it was the little things. Do we put them in his crib and sleep? I'm like, put him in the basement and let him sleep. You know what I mean? Like, put him out far, far away. She's like, let's put the crib in the room. What is wrong with you? You know what I mean? And we had dive vision. We never wrote down our vision and our values, so the vibe became disunited. We became separate. We became disconnected. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, for me and my house, right? Not a male chauvinistic phrase. It is my wife and I, together we say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But the problem is sometimes we think, as for me and my house, we'll get a good education. And education is great, but how come they, they, they can't choose whether or not they want to go to school, but they can choose whether or not they want to go to church? 
Pastor's preaching today, right? Come on, somebody. My kid didn't want to come. Well, who's the parent? Whose house is it? Because what happens is we say, I value church, but you don't. And so just because, because we're not united together, we're going to let them choose. And they cannot choose. They don't get to choose what education they get. I wish. My son, if he got to choose, he'd never be in school. All right? He'd wake up and go, ah, we had a hard day yesterday, Dad. Can we not go to school? So I want to encourage you today. Get united together because this goes so much further than just church. This goes from our value, from our language, from the movies we watch, from the things we do. If we're not united together on a front, our children will be disunited. Our children will be disconnected. Our children will not have vision for their lives. I'm preaching good today. I'm going to keep going, but you can say amen, all right? Maybe, maybe you're not married. Maybe you're single or friendship. There's a phrase that Gmail said years ago. She said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So what you're exposed to, you eventually become. Because you eventually will become one, but you decide which one. And so I can prove it to you today. Um, when I, before I had a child, I was raised by my parents. I met my wife. We had Levi. I remember one day out of nowhere, I got frustrated. Can you believe that? I got frustrated. And I looked at my son and I said, Levi, I created you. I could take you out. And I went, my mom said that. No, I sound like my mother. I've heard that phrase in over 20 years. But what happens when I was exposed to, I became. I remember telling myself, I'll never be a dictator. I'll be so kind and loving, right? And Levi will just follow suit. When I say stand up, he'll stand up immediately. But how many know that's not truth? What you're exposed to, you become. I had another friend of mine. He had kids uh, way before I did. And uh, when, every time his son came into the room, uh, I love this guy. He always go, dude, right? Just like that. And I was always like, that's kind of annoying. Come on, man. Dude. Some of you guys know my friend. And, and so every time he do that, I was always like, that's kind of cool. And the more he did that, the more I'd just be like, okay, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Then later, a couple years later, Levi came along. And I remember holding him. And I went, dude. I went, oh, no. I've become him. You'll become one, but you decide which one. You got to watch out who you're hanging out with. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I'll show you your vibe because you're hanging out with that vibe. If it's negative or condescending or hurtful or, or entitled, then you got to look at your circle of influence. You got to look at the friends that you have all around you. There are some practical things that we do in, in our marriage, in my uh, time together with my wife. Number one, we spend time together. When we spend time together, we're able to build a relationship. When we spend time together, we make schedules and time to say, you know what? We're so busy that I need to schedule this time. I'm going to let you in on a little secret in my family. I'm going to transition right into family real quick. There's some nights where... There's some weeks we're so busy that people ask me, hey, what are you doing Monday? You want to hang out? I'll say, I'm so sorry. I have an appointment. And sometimes people go, well, what's your appointment? I'll say, no, your business, right? Like, I love you, but, but what I've had to do recently is I make an appointment. And that appointment is, you don't know it, but I know that the appointment is. And so does my wife that on Monday nights, we're going to order pizza and we're going to watch a movie and we're going to spend time together. 
that other things will come up. Hey, there's an emergency. I'm sorry, I have an appointment. Because we're spending time together. That creates unity in our relationships. There are people in your life you're spending time with, and they're rubbing off of you, but also they're rubbing onto you. That if you have a problem with gossip or slander, look at who you're hanging out with. Look at what you're saying. Look at what you're doing. You know what gossip is? Gossip is celebrating someone else's pain because you're in pain. Can we just give people the benefit of the doubt? Can we bind together in unity and peace and say, you know what? I see what you're going through. I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I'm going to be standing for you. But we got to spend time together. Don't judge somebody's breakthrough until you know what they've been through. And in order to know what they've been through, you got to spend time with them. That's why small groups are so powerful. But the second thing that we do is we build together. Build something together. Build a ministry together. For uh, my son and I and my wife, we build Legos together right now. He's seven. Come on, somebody. But we have a hobby. Get a hobby. Get something to do together. Serve together at Avenue Church. I love that they're multicultural, but we're multi-generational. We got little ones serving on the 18. We got little kids pushing carts. We got uh, families that are serving together. So let's be able to spend time together. Second one is let's build something together. And the third one is let's create together. Let's create together. Yeah, I got to tell you what. In creating something, go to that last slide. Creating together, that means you're creating moments. You, get, you have to plan those out. I don't enjoy camping, right? I don't like to pretend I'm homeless. But you know what? It wasn't what we were doing. It was who I was with. I was with my family in the wilderness for three days with no cell phone reception. My son was like, where's the internet? Like, calm down, kid. But so many times we get so stuck on what we're doing instead of who we're doing it with. That when you get so fed up, when you're so focused on what we're doing, I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? Because you don't want to do that, then you don't get to spend time with them. So I'm going to encourage you, begin to create together. Create together. Here's what unity does. Here's what unity does. Number one, unity repairs. Unity repairs. Unity repairs. Division damages, but unity repairs. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. And many of us, we need to write this down. It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? If we forgive one another, what are we doing? We're restoring and repairing unity. And for many of us, we need to, re- we need to forgive that person who's done you wrong in your heart. Because I hate the for- kind of forgiveness that creates actually division. When you walk up to somebody and say, hey, I've always hated you. I've never liked you, but I forgive you. And that person's like, what the heck just happened? What just took place? Never do that, but forgive them in your heart. And it said, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. And everyone say it. Perfect unity. Unity always repairs. But number two, unity protects. And I love this. If you get into a small group, you, it's a place to be protected. It's a place where we can share our thoughts, share our feelings. It's a, it's every small group leader knows that what we share stays in that group. It never goes out. How many wish you had that in your family? Come on, somebody. If I tell my sister something, I hope she doesn't tell my daddy. Come on, Jenna, right? But you know what? Whatever you share is protected because unity always protects. 
And I want to encourage you, we always protect. We don't gossip. We always give the benefit of the doubt. Romans chapter 12, verse 14, it says in the message verse, I love this, bless your enemies. Remember, unity, it says make every effort. Make every effort. Yeah, come on, amen. Bless your enemies. That was a little too far, pastor. <laughs> Calm down. But that's what it says, bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Just be a friend. That's what unity does. Unity protects. Unity is a language. That's why I love our church. Our church is come as you are, but God's going to change you eventually, right? But unity protects. It's a place to be you. It's a place to grow. But it's a place to be protected. And the last one is unity strengthens. How many know there's strength when we come together? There's strength when we come together. I was praying for this church. And I love that we're so powerful together. I love that on Friday we had over 118 adults come with their kids. On Friday night, you have a picture or something like that, but uh, uh, we had an 18 party. Look at that. We partied like a pineapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It was amazing. It was so much. Look at that guy. That guy's having a little too much fun right there, right? And uh, that's a double chin. I don't think so, right? Come on, get that off. But we had a wonderful time celebrating the A-team. Can we give it up for our A-team real quick, all right? We had an amazing time with our A-team. But you can't be united if you're isolated. You can't be united if you're isolated. But the enemy, if the devil can get you isolated, then he's got you. Then he's got you. And we allow guilt or shame or offense or her. And hear me out. I've been pastoring for 15, 16 years. I could see damages that leaders do. I could see damages that church do or the politics side of things. I could see the damage of that. But the enemy wants to isolate us so that he can get us. But how many know the battle is won when we become one? So unity should strengthen us. Unity should encourage us. But if you don't show up, then you can't be connected. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. How many know I need a friend like that in my life? I need someone who's got my back. How many know at Avenue Church, that's our vibe. We are united together for Jesus Christ, but I'll stand back to back with you and help you conquer. I'll help you fight. I'll be there for you. Your small group leader will be there for you. I want to encourage you, three or even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. If you're feeling like you're isolated, you feel like you're all alone, get into a small group. Go on our website. Go to the small group portal. Start doing life with others. Because I'm here to tell you, there are people in this church, people in this room, maybe they're at the 9.30 service, the 11 o'clock service. There are people on the A team that are willing to stand back to back with you and to fight some battles. Because there is strength in unity. My very, very last point is unity is supernatural. Unity is supernatural. See, there's a story in the Bible that caught my attention this week in Exodus chapter 17. And there's Moses. And this is right after he took a staff and put it in the Red Sea and split it. They went into the 
promised land into the, uh, into the wilderness. Then they defeating the Malachites. Malachites are coming their way. And this is what Moses said to Joshua. Moses said, Joshua, I need you to take the guys. I need you to fight the Malachites. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to stand on a hill. And when I raise my hands for that staff, we're going to win. We're going to fight. And this is what uh, Exodus chapter 17 says. Joshua did as Moses commanded. He went out to fight the Malachites. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur, three or even better, a triple braided cord, Cannot be easily broken. So Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his arms, the Israelites won. The Israelites were winning. That's the good people. But when he put his arms down, the Amalekites would win. When his arms grew tired, when his arms grew tired, and listen to me, church, I know exactly what it's like to be serving God, to know what God's vision for my life is, to know that I want to know God. I want to find freedom. I want to discover my purpose. I want to make a difference. But I know what it's like on a Monday or the midnight hour or when you're isolated or when you're all alone. I know what it's like to say, I'm tired. I want to give up. I'm beat up. Hit from every which direction. Every time I get up, someone kicks me down. I know what that's like. But he had Aaron and her. Because I want to show up. Uh, I got two guys that are come up here real quick. And this is what it said. It said, when Moses grew tired, Aaron and her brought a stone for him to sit on. And while they stood beside him, they held his arms. They held his arms steady until the sun went down. And in this way, Joshua totally defeated the bad guys. He defeated the Malachites. He won the war. And here's what I want to show you today. It said they brought him a rock to sit on. It's not like this chair, right? Hey, Moses, we're here to help you. Come on, somebody. They brought a rock. They had to roll it up. They had to get it up that hill. And they brought him a rock for him to sit on. Then the Bible said when his arms were tired, he couldn't stand. He couldn't lift his arms. When he put them down, the enemy would start to win. How many know it's like that in our prayer time, in our Bible time, in this thing called faith. We get tired, but they held his arms up. Go ahead, guys. I think I, I am, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, perspiring. That's okay. It's all right, because I've been holding my arms up, guys. This is second service. I think we should go to three. But I think I'm perspired here a little bit. But here's what some of us need to see. This is what we think when we read the scripture, right? We think, whoo, yes, I'm winning. Thank you so much. But you know what really the picture is? He was tired. He was exhausted. He couldn't even lift his arms up. But he had people around him that were willing to stand there until it was night, stand there half the day, stand there for hours and hours, and to say, you know what, I'm so defeated, I'm so tired, but because I have, I put myself in unity, I place myself with others, they're holding my arms up, I'm going to win the battle. My season of rest is coming, but I got friends by me that are got my back. Thank you guys, thank you very much. Good job, good job. Very strong. You guys must work out. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you guys. And that's a picture of unity that so many of us need to see today. That there are people in this church, there are small group leaders, there's people on the A team, there's people that attend to say, I'm ready to hold your arms. And as your pastor, 
want to see you what? I want to see you win. We're going to do a song in just a minute. And the song said, this is how I fight my battles. And it's just by worship. It's by being united together. Do you know how powerful we are when we are, when we are united? Do you know how powerful we are when we show up for one another? Do you know how much power there is where we're not divided or disconnected, but we're united? The Bible says there's nothing we can't do. So will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray with you real quick. But I'm going to read one more scripture as I close today. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, this is what it says. For whenever two or three come together, when they come together, you know we can gather, but we're not really together. But when we come together to honor the name above every name, when we come together in worship, when we come together in community, when we come together in our small groups, man, why is small groups such a big deal? Because of this. That together we are better. But the battle is won when we become one. When we're united together. And this one I want you to put up. You can clap. Go ahead. But this is what somebody needs to hear today. When two or three come together and honor my name, I'm right there with them. I'm right there with him. And every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to speak to you today. That you feel like God's left you. You feel all alone in this faith journey. There's somebody in this room that although you're surrounded by people, you feel like you're all by yourself. And the Bible says when two or three are together, there I am. There he is. I feel the presence of God today because the presence of God is his promise over your life. That God loves you. He has a plan for your life. But God is saying, I'm ready to fight some battles, but you got to have people around you. You got to have people with you. And this is a good place to surround yourself with those that are going to hold your arms up. Those that are going to fight for you. Those that are going to pray with you. Those that are going to do life with you. Why? Because this is how I fight my battles. This is how we do it. We're united together. I'm not going to major on the minor little things that disunite us, that disconnect us. I'm going to major on one vision, on one purpose, on the kingdom of heaven. But there's two people in this room. Maybe have an eye closed. There's somebody in this room. I was praying today. Somebody in this room, you woke up today. You said, I've never felt God. I've never felt the presence of God before. But today is kind of my last attempt. God is touching you right now like you've never felt him before. The second person I believe in this room, you've been a Christian, you follow Jesus, you serve, 
you've led, you've done all those things, but sometimes something happened during this week where you woke up and you said, you know what, I've, been, I've just been going through the motions, not the emotions of just Christianity. I don't know if it's any, any of it's real. I don't know if any of it's true. And God is stopping the service today to say, I am for you, not against you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This season that you're going in right now, that God is preparing you for the next season. God is going to do something great in your life, but he's here today to remind you he is with you. When two or three are gathered together, there I am. And with every head, body, body closed, if you say, Pastor, that's me. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to join our church right now. I would love that. But I'm asking you today, if you say, Pastor, will you lead me in a prayer? Pastor, I'm ready to start over. I'm ready to take a step in my relationship with Jesus Christ. If that is you, I would love to pray with you. I'll never embarrass you or call you forward. But every head, body, every eye closed, put a hand up, put it right back down. If that is you today, just put it up and put it right back down. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes, anyone else? Up, right back down. That's all you got to do. I'm going to pray with you because I want to celebrate you. I'm going to hold your arms up today. I'm going to say God is for you, not against you. I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, today, be Lord of my life. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.